Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi, thanks for joining me today. Last week, we started talking to Erica Mitchell. She shared about the traumatic death and the delivery of her son, Sheldon. She's very raw and real about her pain, but also about her relationship with God throughout the experience and the grief of it. Last week, Erica had just told us that God had pulled back the curtain of heaven and was letting her see Sheldon playing with Jesus. But instead of being happy about it, she says she was flaming mad. She was angry. And she told God out loud, how dare you show me my son after you took him from me? That's where we stopped last week. And this is where we're going to pick things up right now. So here's Erica Mitchell. And he's like, oh, Erica, I did not take him from you. I saved him. I rescued him from death, hell, and the grave. And he gets to grow up in heaven. And he knows everything about you. He knows everything about his dad. He knows everything about his brothers. And he loves you. He loves you so much. And I'm seeing the vision as I'm mad. And I'm seeing the vision as he's saying this to me. I'm seeing Sheldon waving at me. And I am just at a loss for words. And just so, obviously, his kindness breaks my anger. And it becomes just thankfulness. What an honor for Sheldon to get to be raised in heaven. I have no idea what that's like. You know, I'm being raised on earth right now. And eventually, we'll have eternity together. But until then, we walk through these stages of you know, these highs and these lows. And in these lows, the Lord is just right there. And I remember I had another low moment where I was just broken and just listening to, I couldn't listen to worship music with words. Hmm. It had to be just, just music. And that really helped me because I had no words Hmm. and I didn't want anything to try and put words to what I was feeling because there were just none, no words to put to my pain and what I was experiencing. And I remember just crying out to the Lord, and oh, it was so powerful. It was so vivid. It was like Jesus came into the room with me, and I felt his hands on my knees. And he's just down on his knees, and he said, Erica, I know what it feels like to lose a son. And I'm, it just like clicked. And I'm like, huh, you sent your son to die for me. And he's like, and I would do it to experience this moment with you. If I knew that I could relate with you on this kind of level, I would die over and over just for you. And I just was, you know, obviously bawling and just overwhelmed again because you just don't think about other people. You don't really think about what's going on. You don't really even think about how you could relate with the Lord because you're so overwhelmed by your pain that that's kind of all you see when you're in that, you know. And so sometimes it takes the Lord to just kind of Hey, guess what? I'm with you. Hey, guess what? I'm crying with you. I'm sad with you. I don't want to fix you. Mm. Let's just stay here. Let's just be together. And let's just be sad together. Because I know what this feels like. And I think that was one thing that Justin and I had to learn is that we couldn't fix each other. And 
I always want to have some some reason, some something to to fix you. You know, I'm like, I just want to be I remember I took two weeks off and then I was back on stage leading worship. I don't know if I should have done that. I think I needed, you know, I'm still learning what boundaries are and things like that. And so I kind of needed somebody in leadership to be like, no, you needed to take more time. But that's besides the point now, obviously. But I just wanted to be on the other side of it so bad. Mm-hmm. And I remember they asked, you know, do you need more time? I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'll be good. You know, I just want to be over this. I'm going to get over it. I don't want to walk through it because it hurts too much. I just want to be over this. And I literally just grabbed my Bible and opened up because I'm like, what do you want to do, Lord? What do you want to say? And I knew that this was for this. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness, just so powerful. But it's in John 10. And it says, Jesus said to the Pharisees, listen to this eternal truth. The person who sneaks over the wall to enter into the sheep pen rather than coming through the gate reveals himself as a thief coming to steal. But the true shepherd walks right up to the gate and because the gatekeeper knows who he is, he opens the gate to let him in. And the sheep recognize the voice of the true shepherd for he calls his own by name and leads them out for they belong to him. And when he has brought out all his sheep, he walks ahead of them and they will follow him for they're familiar with his voice. What stuck out to me, the person who sneaks over the wall to enter into the sheep and rather than coming through the gate, reveals himself as a thief coming in to steal. And there was revelation behind this. So kind of work with me because I know it's not really what it's saying, like when you're reading it. But what he's saying to me is if you try and get over it and you're not willing to walk through it with me, you are stealing from yourself. You are stealing from the healing process. You are stealing from the joy that in the intimacy that comes with being vulnerable with me, that comes with being, you know, and I'm just like, what? You know, just like so overwhelming you know this is two years later and he still walked through this with me walk and I I remember when I posted that vulnerable post on Facebook you want to know what I did after I posted that I went to the cupboard and I grabbed a bag of chips and put it on my plate and turned on the office I'm like (laughs) let's escape right now you know and the Lord's like okay let's set this down let's talk about this right now what's happening and so there's an overcompensation that happens in this dance with grief that we do because we're like, oh, let's feel all of it. Let's not feel any of it, you know, and we just kind of, but I got to hear Sheldon's voice two times and it was like, what is happening? I always hated the idea of people saying, oh, they're looking down on you. I'm like, no, they're not. Because if they were, they'd be mad about what's happening or sad. And you can't have anger in heaven. You can't have sadness in heaven. So no, they're far away. They're so far away. And the Lord just blew that up. I'm like, holy moly, heaven is like inside of me. You know, Mm. there's something in the Bible about that. You know, don't think about the spiritual connection. If I'm spiritually connected to the Lord and he's spiritually connected to my child. Yeah. We're still connected. Right. There's still a connection. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Spirit to spirit. Oh, man. It was so sweet. It was so powerful. And I'm like, did I just hear that? Did I just make that up? Am I going crazy? You're either going to believe me or you're not. I have no control over that. I have control over myself and sharing how big he is, how good he is. What would you say to people? Because I hear from parents 
so often it's like I want to see them I want to hear them I keep asking God to see my child in heaven I keep and I and I don't have these feelings God's not talking to me mm. how come God's you know Erica's talking about all these things God told her and she mm. got to see him in the operating room and I didn't have any of that mm. what are your thoughts about how yeah, that's good that's a good one I here's another story for you I remember watching a video of Kim Walker and she was describing the experience that she had with the Lord and how he came up and like touched her on her shoulder and she's like, hello, Jesus, mm-hmm. like, whoa, this is crazy. And I'm like, what the heck, Lord? Why don't you do that with me? Mm-hmm. I was mad. I was like, uh, excuse me, is she like more special than I am? You know, and the Lord's like, let's go right now. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yep. Let's do it right now. And everybody was asleep. It was really late. It was like one in the morning when I'm watching this video. So I go down, get in my chair, and I'm like, okay, let's do it. And he's like, well, I'm going to need you to do something first. And I'm like, okay, like what? You know? He's like, see, you've built up a wall between us. So it's actually you that's keeping me from you. And so I need you to break down this wall this barrier that's keeping us from having intimacy together. I'm like, what the heck am I supposed to do about that? You know, I didn't know I built that. And, you know, what's going on? And he's like, I need you to refer to me in an intimate way as your father. And he wanted me to call him daddy. And I was so disturbed by this. I was like, oh, I cannot call you that. And I'm like, oh, that's the wall. There it is. You know, <laughs> I, I fought with him for like a half an hour. And I just like, I can't do it. I can't say it. I can't because I have daddy issues. My dad left. He left us and no connection at all. And it's just, that's always been a really hard thing for me. And so obviously the Lord knows and obviously he's not my dad and he'll never leave me. And so he's breaking that barrier of like, hey, you can do this. I believe in you. Do it. And I remember I finally was able to just say it. Okay. And I say it again. Okay. I'd say it again. And all of a sudden, it was like the chair that I was sitting in, he became the chair. And I was in his lap for the first time in my life. And I'm like, just like overwhelmed. I've never been the same since that moment. And he continues to transform me. He continues to renew my mind. But I would say, don't give up. Just because he hasn't shown you now doesn't mean he's not going to eventually. Maybe ask yourself, is there something that I'm withholding from him to let him in? Because he's always there. When we turn around and we want him, he's right there. He's always there. And if he's not speaking, he's working. Because he does not favor one of his children over another. That is not who he is. He is specific. He is divine. And he is all about you. And when we overemphasize ourselves and our roles... That leads us to be subjected to shame, condemnation, and guilt, and all those things for the enemy to attack because we are meant to be in the shadow of the Almighty. We're not meant to puff ourselves up bigger than who He is. And so we got to shrink ourselves back down and just don't give up. It's a process. And I know everybody has a different relationship. And there's been people that have said, you know, well, the Lord talks to me this way. I wish He would talk to me the way He talks to you, but He talks to me this way. It's almost like... Mm -hmm settling for this is just the way he talks to me but this isn't always how he used to talk to me you know it's it evolves it grows it's a relationship you're building and so 
is there a spot where it kind of got rocky and then you kind of put your arm out? Because that's what mm-hmm. I had been doing is yeah. I had been, I had my arm out to him and he's like, okay, well, that's your wall and this is how you break it. So he doesn't just let you do that. He actually gives you a solution if you desire that, if you truly desire that. He sees our hearts. He knows our motives. You know, he knows what we desire. And if it's, we're all about like the miraculous stuff, you know, he cares too much about our hearts to give us that. He wants connection. That's mm-hmm. what he died for, mm-hmm. you know? So. Yeah, and I, I just wrote about this recently. I, to me, sometimes we're so focused on an outer miracle that we don't realize. I think the biggest miracle is the work he does inside of us. Definitely. What he does inside of us to change mm-hmm. us, to change our heart, to make all things new, to make good out of I, I mean, to do those kinds of impossible things. I mean, we can't even change our own heart. Right. It takes God exactly. letting him in to do the work and exactly. to do the change and just surrendering to it. And to me, that's a bigger miracle mm-hmm. than these outer things that completely you know, my child or let my child live, bring my child back to yeah. life, those kinds completely. of things. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned being pregnant with Zoe. Yeah. So you did have your rainbow baby yes, and we you did. have your little girl. We do. Promised. We do. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It was crazy. So when we were pregnant, when we found the day we found out we were pregnant with Sheldon was Cinco de Mayo, mm-hmm. so May fifth, and Justin was in the shower and he's like, "So what's her middle name going to be?" And I heard the Lord say May, because of the month of May. You know, we found out in May, and I'm like, oh, "What? What the heck does May mean?" You know, that's not in our family. That's not. I'm kind of like, you know. So I look up what May means, and it means a pearl. And mm-hmm. I thought that is so precious, you know, mm-hmm. and perfect because you know. How does a pearl get made? You know, well, and I'm like, had no idea the extent of what that was going to mean, you know, and obviously it's going to mean something even more for her herself because it's her name, you know, but just the process of her even coming to be. I showed it to Justin when I found out we were pregnant with her and we both were just like, oh my gosh, can't believe it. We're like, we're doing this again. Here we go. You know, we could do this. And there were, it was hard. It was not all joy. Well, it was all joy. It was not all happiness, I mm. guess I should say, because joy is different. Joy is not a smile. Joy is like a smile in your heart kind of feeling, like where you just feel like like his presence is with you because he is joy, you know. Lord, give me peace. You're saying, Lord, give me more of you mm-hmm. because he is peace. Mm-hmm. Lord, give me kindness. You're saying, Lord, give me more of you because that's who he is. So anyway, I remember doing the gender reveal party for Zoe and everything pink and blue everywhere. And it was such a sad day. I just cried the whole day that we decorated because he didn't get one. You know, he didn't get his party. And I'm like, I know his party in heaven was so much better than anything we could create on this earth. But there's just something about these earthly. Yeah, these earthly moments, you know, and. So I'm like, if this is our girl, everything blue here is for him. Mm. So I'm like, we're celebrating them both. The blue is for him and the pink is for her. And we got cannons and had my sister look at the ultrasound and she labeled them. And lo and behold, the very first one we shoot off was pink. You know, it was just so, Mm. it was just so perfect. And then. Yeah. It wasn't easy. And then it was like, what the crap is happening right now? You know, like. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't like you had this wonderful pregnancy. No. Nine months later, here's Zoe. Throwing up every morning still. And anxiety was so real. Gosh, the moment she stopped moving, I'd mm. be like, please, Lord, please, Lord, have her move, have her move, have her move. I don't know. She, she dead, you know, like just this PTSD of like what had happened before. And I remember leading up to the ultrasound appointment, like hearing that mm. phone call, like your ultrasound is scheduled for it. I'm like, huh, no, <laughs> you know, it's just like, mm-hmm. it's like doubling up, you know, like, okay, yeah. this is what happened then. And then this, mm. oh my goodness, what's going to happen? It was not easy. It was. And Zoe made a surprise entrance. She sure did. I remember Justin left for the men's retreat, the wilderness men's retreat, and I had never felt so anxious and sad. I'm usually sad, you know. I don't like being apart from him, but I never felt so anxious him leaving when he did, and I'm just like, don't feel right about it. Don't feel right about it. I don't want you to go. That next morning, I just didn't feel good, and I was feeling labor pains and like really bad labor pains I was 30 weeks in one day okay it's not good it's not going away it's not going away what is happening it's getting worse I'm like okay well I have to go to the bathroom so I went to go to the bathroom and then I was spotting and I'm like (gasps) and it just scared me because Mm -hmm. that's never happened before and I'm like there shouldn't be blood there should not be blood yet you know like that's not right and so then I called the hospital and they wanted me to come in just to rule anything out and I call my sister to see if she can take the boys and I just out of nowhere all this emotion just floods out of me and I'm sobbing my eyes out on the phone with her and she's like it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay just bring the boys over you know and part of that trauma oh my gosh yeah completely Mm -hmm. I'm like what's about to happen again you Mm -hmm. know and so my mom was gone she wasn't even there to go with me to be with me you know and my mom is like my rock you know I mean obviously my husband but then my mom both my rocks are gone what am I going to do thank the lord my brother's wife Jasmine she came to my rescue she's like do you want me to go with you I'm like yes I do I don't want to be alone you know and I remember them saying let's get an ultrasound just to see what's going on and so then they do the ultrasound and they're just like okay baby's good she's healthy she's fine she's doing great you're not doing good but we're not reading any contractions so not sure what that's about you know we'll do a test to see if you're going into labor or not I remember telling Justin I'm like I don't want to worry you but this is what's going on I don't know what to do and he's like I'm coming home like are you kidding me you know and I would I didn't want to make him come home because I'm like what if they just send me Mm -hmm. home then I ruined your whole weekend it's four hours away and my mom, she finally got to the hospital. She was two hours away, and she made it in time. So we had been there a few hours, and then they were like, we want to med flight you to Rockford because if she does end up coming, we need a NICU, and my hospital didn't have one. Then the helicopter was, like, breaking down as it was on its way over. So they had to fly back because something went wrong with the mechanical issues. Mm-hmm. Let's do another ultrasound. Let's just see what's going on. That's when everything went from zero to 100, and she's like, Oh, that's a bubble. Oh, it could burst. Oh, my goodness. We need to do an emergency C-section right now. And it was just like, right now, like, we can't wait. We couldn't wait for Justin to get there. You know, I was about to have this baby who cannot breathe on her own, who cannot live without machines, without a NICU bed, without NICU nurses that know what they're doing because people aren't trained here for that. remember just bawling. All I could do is cry. 
She's like, you need to FaceTime your husband. You need to tell him that you need to, you're going to get rolled in right now. We have a NICU team that's on their way coming for you in an ambulance. And they're bringing the whole bed, everything. And they're going to be set up before this baby's born and ready to take her. And so I'm just like, ah, you know, and the nurse, the nurse was just so sweet. She's like, you are here specifically for this reason. And everybody's going to take care of you. Everybody's figuring out what's best for you, what's best for her. And I was like, okay, you know. And then I like was able to compose myself and call Justin on FaceTime because I couldn't be falling apart in front of him because mm-hmm. I knew that yeah. would like break him. I remember wanting to text my doctor because the doctor on call, you know, you hear things about who likes what doctor and who's the best. And she was like the worst mm-hmm. out of everybody. I'm like, Lord, no, you knew that she was going to be here. And I'm just believing and trusting you. And I'm not going to message my doctor because I feel like that's a <laughs> breach of whatever the word is. You know, I don't want to step over anything. Mm-hmm. Boundaries, mm-hmm. breach of boundaries. They're like right about to cut me open. And I hear my doctor's voice and I'm like, <gasps> you know, mm-hmm. just like my savior. Not really my savior. But, you know, in that moment, you're just like, yeah, oh, thank God. Yes. Somebody who I trust mm-hmm. that I know yes. is going to be able to mm-hmm. assist. You know, yeah. you hear that first little cry. And she stopped breathing, and I didn't know. They didn't tell me that. Good thing they didn't Mm. tell me that because I was already hyperventilating. Mm. Obviously, it was just, you know, the trauma of having another baby after having a baby Mm. not alive. You know, you think, is it going to happen again, you know? Mm. And they got her, you know, NICU team got her back breathing. Justin came right when she was born, was able to be there, be able to see her before they took her away. So they wheeled her in to see me. She's struggling, and she's making these little baby grunt noises. She's just so helpless. And I'm like, that was not supposed to happen, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, why did that happen? But then I remember going back to when she was first born, the cord was wrapped around her neck. It could have been way worse. Mm -hmm. Who knows what the Lord is protecting you from? Who Mm -hmm. knows what could have happened? You know, I won't know, obviously, on this side of heaven, but I will see the full picture obviously. And Sheldon knows. He does. He sure does. <laughs> well, lucky duck. <laughs> Something that you wrote that was really good that I just want to bring up here. You said the redemption and miracles do not replace the feelings of loss, PTSD, and trauma. These feelings are very real. And when they come, we cannot give in to shame, call our feelings stupid, say we need to just be grateful for X, Y, Z, or to just get over it. We need to feel them and process them with Jesus. And you added with our safe people. I love that. I, I love that because you know, we were already talking a little bit about the, the whole miracle piece of things. And our perspective is so limited to this earth, mm-hmm. so limited. And it's like, how come they got a miracle and I didn't? Mm. And we don't realize maybe you did get a miracle. Mm. It wasn't the one you wanted. And it's hard because we can have other people tell us that, you know, like, well, at least you can have other kids. Mm. At least, you know, you still have the promise of Zoe. At least, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's like, if you have to start something with at least, Mm. don't say it. Nope. Don't, don't say do it. it and it you know like you you having the the revelation of god knows what it's like to have a, a child die a son die i mean people can tell us that mm-hmm. and it can make us very angry because yeah. like how dare you tell me that how mm-hmm. can you you've never lost a child you have no right to tell me that you have no right to tell me god works everything out for good oh god will work it out for good it's like don't tell me that yeah and yet what if i don't want it to work out for good what yeah. if I need to just sit in this for a minute and realize what the heck just happened? 
you yeah. know? Yeah. I don't want any good right now. I don't want to feel good. Mm-hmm. I need to feel this because it happened. Yes. And I think that's the thing is people going on with their lives as if nothing happened. You feel like you got to scream it from the rooftops. Hey, this happened. Mm-hmm. This was a life. This was a life that was worth celebrating, that was yes. worth talk that's worth talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, as as hard as it is, it really it happened, you know, and I mm-hmm. think there's this let's get away from it. Let's mm-hmm. let's try and cover it up. Let's try and, okay, let's skip to this first. You know, or let's, let's get skip the victory o- over it. Jesus right? wept. Mm-hmm. Jesus wept. Mm-hmm. We want to skip over that part and say mm-hmm. come forth, Lazarus, come exactly. out of that tomb. Mm-hmm. But Jesus wept. And there's a process. Mm -hmm. And if you try and skip over that process, yeah, you're going to get fired up, especially when people, I remember somebody saying to me on a Sunday morning, I'm just so glad you're over it. No, that just, And then my whole (laughs) stomach just like, like Uh I could have thrown up in that moment, you know, but I'm like, I got to give grace. And that was one of the biggest pieces of advice that the funeral home guy said to me. People are going to say stupid things Mm -hmm. and you need to understand that they just are trying to help or they have no idea what to say. Mm -hmm. And even though they probably shouldn't say anything, they're going to. Mm -hmm. And just know that you need to have a lot of grace for them and then a lot of grace for yourself. So also giving grace to yourself for the process. Mm -hmm. I think that can be another thing that kind of triggers you. Like if I can't give grace for what other people are saying to me, maybe I need to start giving grace for myself and my feelings and my emotions. Because... I know, like, if you're angry at the Lord, you know, people that believe in Jesus, people that have a relationship with God and they're angry at him, well, I shouldn't be angry with him. I can't be angry with God because he's God, right? you got to look at how many people in the Bible. <laughs> For real. like Question him or angry with him. Exactly, with him, yes. exactly. And I think it's religion. Yes. Religion gets in the way mm-hmm. of relationship of mm-hmm. this is how it should be, this is how you should be, and you can't be anything else. Mm-hmm. And if your feelings do that, well, you can't be led by your feelings, so just don't have them. That's a lie. That's overcompensation. You have to feel. Jesus Mm -hmm. felt everything. That's why he came. Mm -hmm. He came so that he could relate with us. He felt everything. He was tempted in every way. Mm -hmm. He knows what it feels like, and he wants us to feel. It's like in him knowing what it feels like, it's our invitation to feel with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also the the scripture that says to rejoice with those who rejoice but to weep, weep with, with those, those who weep. weep or mourn with those who mourn. There's a time for everything. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And it's okay. We need to go through our own mm-hmm. mourn with those who mourn. Yeah. <laughs> Almost with yourself, you know, and yeah. let God go through mourning with those who mourn. We apply that to people, but like you said, a lot of times we just stiff arm God. We're so mad at him mm-hmm. for letting this happen or making it happen or you didn't protect my child or whatever our reason is for being angry at him, which is okay. Mm-hmm. We don't camp out there. We need to work through that. Right. But let him weep with yes. us as we weep. Yeah. Because that's what he wants to do. He wants to go through it with us. Exactly. With us. And we have to let him do that. And um, we probably won't get the wise. Yep. And at some point, we're going to have to be okay with that. Yeah. Because exactly. we'll always be in the turmoil if, exactly. if we can't finally just say, okay, God, I give up. Mm-hmm. I'll, I won't understand it, but I give up and I need you. I need yeah. you. I need you. I need you to get me through this. Mm-hmm. Oh, Erica, <laughs> this has been so good. This may sound so strange, but I'll say for as young as you are, but you have four kids. <laughs> been I married do. nine years. <laughs> but for me, you're young. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's like you have such 
a maturity and wisdom mm. within the grief, within the process, within, it's just been amazing some of the things, the insights that you have allowed God to give you mm. so that you can share with others and others who have been on this road a lot longer than you. Mm-hmm. You know, there are so many parents who have been on this five, eight, ten years and they're still in the darkness. Mm. And I think a lot of it is because they're still fighting God. Yeah. And blaming God instead mm. of the enemy and, you know, all these things that you've been talking about. So if anyone wants to connect with you, mm-hmm. what would be the best way for them to do that? You can email me. You can Facebook Messenger me. Okay, so what's your email address? Email is J-E-Mitchell, then the number 4, E-V as in Victor, at yahoo.com. Okay, we will have that in the show notes. And then if they want to connect with you on Facebook, what would... Erica Mitchell is my name. You can just search that. And if you're not... Obviously, you won't be friends with me, but you can send a messenger request, and I'll see it. Okay, and I'll, I'll connect. I'll have a link to the Facebook page, too, so yeah. um, people can connect real easy that way, especially with the email yes. <laughs> address. It'll be easier to click a link. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have just any final thoughts or anything, that last word of encouragement or anything that just is on your heart? I think one of the things that just keeps coming to mind is he is in the waiting And when we talked about how grief and wait mean the same thing, I think there's going to be a sense of like, you know, because we're waiting to meet them again. Mm -hmm. So we're always going to be waiting. That's why grief is a life process, because we're waiting. We're waiting for that moment of redemption to be able to be face to face with them. That's why having a relationship with Jesus is so important, because of that moment that we get to experience one day. And that's through faith. And so in the waiting, he's in it. He's in all of it. And to believe that, to believe it, truly believe it. Don't just wonder, but allow him and his wonder to kind of overtake that wondering, the questions, you know, because I think doubt creeps in when things like this happen. And then we have these moments where we're so up and we feel so good, but it's in those moments where we don't feel it. That's where we need to recognize, like, even though the feelings aren't there, he's still there. He's -hmm. still in the waiting with us. And to not belittle that going forward and when things happen, when joyful things happen, when you have more babies, if you can, if you do, when you have, when you build new relationships with people, you know, he's always in the waiting. And so moving forward, it's okay to experience happiness because God is good and he doesn't want us to live our lives as if we have to just stop everything. I actually made a photo book of like Sheldon that day and I'm going to get it printed by Shutterfly and I wasn't planning on doing that. I was planning on making something for Zoe and his pictures were saved in there because I remember wanting to do that. I just hadn't gotten to it yet and when it popped up it like was like a knife stabbing me in the gut like I oh my gosh this happened to me. Like there's going to be those moments where you're kind of separated from it, like through time and things that happened. And then all of a sudden something's going to remind you of it. And it's just like a knife, like, like, whoa, this happened to me, you know, and I'm bawling my eyes out, obviously seeing these pictures. But I remember like this spirit of trauma just in my face, like this is where it ended for him. And so this is where it ends for you. 
And I'm like, actually, this is where it began for him. Mm-hmm. And this is where it began for me because I am a different person than who I was yes. before this moment. Mm-hmm. And God always wants to turn it for our good. And so even if it's not good yet, he's still God and he's mm-hmm. still on his throne and he is in the waiting with us. And so holding on to that. Yeah. And it, it's like if you can't see any good from it yet, it's because God is isn't not done. done yet. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. And something that you like to tell people is that phrase, God is good, but God is good to me. Mm-hmm. And to say it. Yes. Look at the mirror and say it. Speak Make it over yourself. yourself. Write it on your mirror. Even if you don't believe it. Even if you don't feel it, you don't believe yep. it. Say it anyway. Because God eventually is you will. Good to me. There's power in our words. And it's truth. And it's truth. And truth sets us free. That's right. Ah, well, every time I'm with you, I just feel blessed. And (laughs) uh, I'm sure our listeners have been blessed. So thank you, Erica. Yes, thank you. Wow. Don't you just love Erica? She's so real in both how deep her pain was and is and how she is trusting God through all of it. And that story about Zoe, I I mean, it's just she's gone through some deep, hard things, hasn't she? Like all of us have. Some of you may feel frustrated because you want some of these same God encounters and stories like Erica has. And I just want to remind you of her suggestion to get alone with God and ask him if there's anything that you're doing, any walls that you've put up, any beliefs that you have that may be blocking those things from happening. Because I assure you, God wants you to encounter him in very real ways, even more than you want it. And one last thought I want to share is that so often we want a sign from our child that they're okay, or we want to see them, like Erica saw Sheldon, or we want to have a dream about him or her, or something along that line. I just heard about someone, a mom who had seen her son's face in the clouds, took a picture of it, put her son's picture side by side, and this cloud looked so much like her son, and she was so happy. Just some of those crazy things, we just want to see our child, right? And I understand that longing. I do. But even more important than seeking something from your child or seeing your child is to seek something from God himself. He has something for you, but you have to want to receive it and receive what he has for you and not have it be conditional in in some way. And maybe he will pull back heaven and let you see your child. But getting as close to him through the Holy Spirit living inside of you as you possibly can is the most important thing you can do. And I want to encourage you. I understand, like I said, the longing we want to see our child. But I want to tell you, try not to seek your child. Seek God. Seek God's face. Because the more we open ourselves up to receive God's love the less we have that incredible need to seek something from our child. Remember, we are still connected to them through the Spirit of God, spirit to spirit. So the closer you get to God, the closer you will feel to your child. Speaking of our children, let's get to this week's birthdays. 
I had the wrong birthday for this first one. I missed it last week, so I'm going to share this week. So the first one is Joshua Kirkendall, who was born on October 6th and is forever 14. Isaac Kojo Karusko was born on October 14th and is forever 10. Bub Amos was born on October 16th and is forever 36. We know how important it is to still celebrate the day our children came into the world. And so we celebrate with these families and acknowledge these birthdays and the special day of these three. If you would like to have your son or daughter's birthday announced on this podcast, it's very easy to do. All you have to do is go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. And there'll be a form with the information, just submit it, and I will add your son or daughter to the podcast the week of his or her birthday. For those of you who might not be aware, Dave and I live in a motorhome. God very directly led us to sell our house to our oldest son a few years ago, and we purchased this Class A motorhome. We call it the Hope Mobile, so that we can travel the nation for grieving parents sharing hope, GPS Hope. We have over 80 hearts on the outside of our house on wheels. There are all kinds of colors, seven different colors, and each one of these hearts says in loving memory, and it has someone's name in it and where they were from. This is a wonderful way to honor your child, and we love being surrounded by all these children who are so very loved and missed. It is a $100 sponsorship. You can have a heart put on for your child, This helps put gas in the Hope Mobile to keep us moving down the road. And to find out how to have a heart put on the Hope Mobile for your child, just go to our website, gpshope.org, and you will find information for it under the Donate tab. It will say something like Memorial Heart Decal, something like that. Just click on that, and you'll have all the information, and it will show you how to order one for your child. And a lot of times what we like to do is figure out a time when we can FaceTime you, or do some sort of a video chat, and we'll walk around the Hope Mobile, and you can tell us where you want that heart put, and we'll put it there for you while you watch. The other thing I just want to say real quick is that we are pulling out of Wisconsin tomorrow, October 14th, and we're going to be heading to Ohio, into Tennessee, and down into Florida. Hopefully, we're going to take a trip up to the Charleston, South Carolina area, then be back down to Florida for a while. And then around March, it looks like we're probably going to be heading west into Texas, traveling along the Gulf Coast. And we love to meet up with our listeners and those connected to GPS Hope for coffee, for dinner, lunch. If you have a group, we love to come and minister. I know with this whole COVID thing, but some of the restrictions are are lifting. And so if you have a support group or you just have a a group you want to get together, we we would love to meet with you, whatever works for you. So if you are in any of those areas, Just send an email to office at gpshope.org. Let us know where you live to see if we can try to get together. We would love to do that. All of these links that I have talked about and how to connect with Erica will be in the show notes. I had so many titles I could have called this episode. And as you know, I decided on the dance with grief. But one thing Erica said toward the end 
that was another title I considered was This Is Where It All Started. Yesterday, if you are listening the day this airs, was Becca's departure date. It was on October 12th, 2011. It's been nine years for us. And I do often remind myself of where she is, her gain, and I try to let that outweigh the pain of my loss. And it takes a while to do that. And I try to remind myself that what was the end for her here on earth was truly the beginning of the fullness of life for her. Becca's death isn't where it ended, but like Erica said, it really is where it started. And that's true for your child as well. I would love to hear from you if there was anything that was said that encouraged you or maybe something that frustrated you or that you aren't sure about and have a question. You can either leave it in the comments below the podcast on our website or send me an email at laura at gpshope.org. And as always, I want to remind you to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.